0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's edition of JM Rewind. JM Rewind gives us an opportunity to check out some of the recent guests who have appeared on JM and the AM. Rabbi Mati Wilhelm, Chabad in Portland, Oregon, was a guest of ours to describe the unfortunate circumstance with his shul. Arson uh, did the shul in, and uh, to discuss what's going on in Portland in general. Rabbi Wilhelm, a recent guest on JM and the AM, on JM Rewind on the Malcolm Siegel Network. On this erev Shabbos Friday morning, I told you that uh, we'd be speaking with uh, Rabbi Wilhelm from out in Portland, Oregon, and I thank him. I don't know what his usual schedule is, but after all, uh, there's no doubt that uh, he, he is uh, he he's probably um, he probably experiences a bit more of quiet time at this uh, uh, at this hour of the day out in Portland. Um, but we asked him to check in early with us, and uh, sure enough, he's doing just that. Rabbi Mutti Wilhelm is the rabbi and executive director of the Chabad Center for Jewish Life. You'll find them on Southwest Vermont Street in Portland, Oregon, a city that has really really been in the news recently. Rabbi Wilhelm Shanatova and welcome to JM and the AM.
1: Good morning, and Shana tova.
0: Um so first of all, give a, we'll talk about the specific episode and why I connected with you, but I'm just trying to get a perspective, you know, here in the peaceful faith-based community, I could give you a perspective of how we viewed what was going on during the height of the protests and looting in the New York area and in neighborhoods that surround us. What's been happening in Portland, it seems to us from all the way over here, uh, from the news reports, has been nonstop over the last three, four months. And I'm wondering if you could give us a perspective from the faith-based family value community, like the one you lead, of the, of the bedlam that's going on in Portland, Oregon.
1: Well, good morning, and I think the perspective really comes from Pirkei which is, have a misbelled the Shweimashomalchut. Uh, we need to pray for a stability of government, for a safe environment, for a place that, you know, law and order uh, is reigns and there isn't chaos. And I think that that's what we've done for. That's what Claudio So has been instructed to done for for thousands of years. And indeed, when there's such chaos, it's not a good thing for us.
0: That's an understatement. I don't think it's good for anybody. Uh, do you have any faith? Do people like yourself and other community leaders have any faith that the local government can at some point get a handle on what's going on?
1: Clearly the government is struggling with this. I just want to I mentioned here it's ironic that I speak to you this particular morning because now, on top of the protests, there's actually wildfires burning across Oregon. Right. Uh, we had to close our schools today because of the dangerous air quality. So, the chaos is just adding to chaos. People of our community are displaced, uh, had to evacuate their homes. People from other communities lost their homes. And so this is in addition to over 100 days of protest. So there's there's a lot of uh, tension, a lot of anxiety. There's clearly uh, a lot of questioning of whether the local leadership is able to get a handle on it. And I think that for over 100 days, they haven't. And like I said, you know, my perspective is this misbalo b'shlo We really have to govern and we have to try and support that a government is able to uh, you take control and able to you know exercise a law and order over its people
0: and we and we should mention not as an aside but obviously as a very and this was the issue that finally got me to contact you it, it is your chabad center that was the victim of arson am i right
1: yes so there were two fires over there they're still under arson investigation and, you know, we don't know the reason. There has, they haven't told us, you know, any, there was not any spray paint or they didn't send any messages. But clearly the sense, the chaos and the, law, and the lawlessness uh, and the tension and anxiety and everything that was going
0: on was clearly contributors to the fact that the Kabanos was set on fire twice. Uh, and, and the damage, can you assess it for us? The damage is very,
1: very severe. I, I was in there yesterday with an asbestos uh, tester who had to come on behalf of the insurance company and just going in. The, the place is completely destroyed. It's, it's All the walls are black. There's uh, We have a store inside over there called Everything Jewish. We used to supply fill in the Talaisin I mean, over 60 are uh, were consumed. Eight-thirds of food. But the entire the, the damage is is to its entirety, that whole building is going to have to be taken to the ground.
0: Uh, um, what ha- Before that occurred, were you having any any uh, regular services? Were you having regular gatherings? I know that obviously with the corona situation, the regular is, you know, in quotation marks, but was the building in use before it was burnt down? So, like I
1: said, we also, in addition to our dominance over there, which because of corona we had to, Kind of, we we did outside, and our yeah. schedules a little differently. But we had inside a Judaica shop and a, a resource center called Everything Jewish, where people would come mm. and would buy all all their merchandise. Uh, you know what they would need: and suroshim, and that was open. That was that was there. Uh, unfortunately, suffered a lot of like, incredible amount of loss, and the you know people meeting there uh one-on-one it wasn't of course we weren't able to hold all our, our shield in person like mm-hmm. we would have otherwise
0: how long have you been in portland
1: so my father is the hedgeman in portland he was sent out 36 years ago interestingly when he was sent the the mm-hmm. Reverend secretary of the sent him off with the message you're like a firefighter that was his message <laughs> said, You're like a firefighter he said when they call the fire station and they say, someone, we need somebody, you know, there's a fire burning, the person has to respond right away. They can't say, I'll respond in a few months. And he said, you have to go out there and respond to the need for Jewish education. Uh, and you have nothing else to do. There's no place else to go. Don't press go. Don't collect 200. Go and
0: respond to the need. Um, and, and I would assume, and I'm just making an assumption, that until six months ago, the Portland Jewish community was enjoying a relative, uh, you know, nice existence in the city, and that you know, and, and that the city was much different than it is now.
1: Yeah, but Portland has a beautiful Jewish community. It's uh, and the, this particular Chabad house is in a Jewish neighborhood where there's other schools and there's JCC and schools, and then we have our mix over there and others. And it's a uh, it's a beautiful area. There's a, there's mayrav there's Uh, It it was a very nice, and it still continues to be a a beautiful area, though. Right now, like you're saying, we're going through this tension all across the city. I mean, not only here, but throughout the community.
0: I don't want to put pressure on you, but our impression always is that Chabad rabbis have a really strong relationship with local government officials. I mean... Uh, are people turning to you to represent the community and, and and approach these government officials to to wake them up to the situation and to to, to implement a, a stronger law and order attitude
1: yeah we we do try to talk with government officials as you also know we don't get involved politically our, our uh, mission is more of a mission of sharing the values and so on uh, so we, that's something that we're doing it's, it's an incredibly a hectic time to try to speak to the government officials. I was trying to speak to our arson investigator yesterday. He was telling me how you saw know, the wildfires burning. He's like, you know, things are everything is crazy over there and uh, on many levels. So it's a hard time to kind of get anything through during the fire, you know, both figuratively and and factually. Right. But. But uh, we're definitely here to share the message.
0: Rabbi Wilhelm, how do we help rebuild the shul? I I know I'm going to be sending in a donation in the next few minutes. I'm sure there are others listening who want to play a part. Would it be jportland.com, or would there be another website where people should donate?
1: On jportland.com, you'll find the direct link is jportland.raisegiving.com, jportland.raisegiving.com. Before this happened, we had a vision to build a six million dollar campus that would properly house our schools and our schools and everything. And it looks like Hashem wants us to accelerate that, so we're going to move forward as fast as we can and try to build something much more beautiful and much more significant to be able to share the message of prayer that is here in Portland. That's J Portland at raisegiving.com dot
0: J Portland at raisegiving, like R A I S C.
1: You Not know, J Portland dot raise giving.com But J Portland, we take you there as well. jportland.com, and there'll be there's a link
0: there. All right, and it is Raise giving, R yes. A I S E. Yes. Jportland.raisgiving.com uh, Yes. For those who for those who want to help out. Now when I first contacted you, uh, you mentioned to me in conversation that uh, that you'd like to spend a minute speaking about the message, the mission, and the work of of Chabad, both in Portland and everywhere. Those who are listeners to this show on a regular basis. Uh, are, are lucky that they get to hear this uh, type of discussion regularly. We are the biggest fans of the work of Chabad in every corner of the world. Um, uh, what could you tell us? You mentioned Jewish education, you mentioned community, family values, etc. How, uh, how would you sum up uh, what it is that you and so many others are doing in cities like Portland around the world?
1: Well, it's, essentially, we are connecting the individual hidden wherever they are in the world. And that's the message of this week's Pasha of course, the Atem nitzavim Hayon Kulchem. We are all stand together, you know, from some from the very, very great, but we have to even go out and find the Choyte Vitzacha V'shoyez Meidacha. And that's our goal, is to really bring about that nitzavim Hayon Kulchem, that unity of the Jewish people, bringing together all the Jewish people, wherever they are, connecting us in some way, and connecting the Yidim together with each other, and the Yidim with the Yiddish card, and of course with the Torah and the
0: and you're doing an amazing job at it, and I'm sure a lot of people in Portland are the beneficiaries of your work and your family's work. Cause, because we, we we should mention, am I right, that uh, in all these cities around the world, it's in fact the Chabad families that are reaching out and having such an effect on so many others uh, in their local communities.
1: Absolutely. I think the shluchan play the smaller role, the shlucha plays the even larger role, and the children, they play the main role.
0: Oh really? You would say the children play the main role. That's pretty cool. <laughs> uh, absolutely, people
1: see kids, children growing up, in, in a way that the child observes Yiddishkeit, and the child we have the highest and Torah mitzvahs. That's the most effective aspect of the shlokas.
0: Uh, well, I've just donated to the cause, and I hope it helps out a little bit, and, and there are people around the world who are tuned in and want to help out. It's J, letter J, folks, letter J, Portland, dot, dot com, rather, dot, com. dot com. Uh, It's a J Portland, letter J, J Portland, dot raise, R-A-I-S-E, raisegiving, dot com, and uh, give there and help the shul rebuild, and... We pray for your safety, Rabbi, and the safety of your family, and the thousands of Jews in Portland, and everybody in Portland—not just our community, but everybody. We're hoping that things can can eventually get and sooner rather than later get under control. And you, like so many other cities around the U.S., that need a real Yeshua right now, the right Shliach will step in and just and and, and get things back into a law and order atmosphere and stay safe. I beg of you, and have a wonderful Shabbos and Xivoch simatova and continue your amazing work. That you do for the Jewish community out there out west, and please send our best regards to your entire family.
1: Thank you.
0: Rabbi Wilhelm, Chabad in Portland, support the cause and help him rebuild. Literally, arsonists destroyed his shul. And um, whether this arson was a, was a direct protest or a. Um, a byproduct of these protests, you know, when all of a sudden everybody in the everybody around there gets into the mood to start destroying stuff, whatever the reason was, um, uh, we need to help rebuild a shul that was burnt down. J Portland, it's letter J, JPortland dot RaiseGiving dot com, dot dot com, and I just sent a donation. I hope others will uh, will follow suit. That was Rabbi Mati Wilhelm of Chabad in Portland, Oregon. Rabbi Dr. Kenneth Brander, Rosh Shiva Artur Stone, is with us. We discussed the machsir that was just made available to the public, special for COVID-19 for Rosh Hashanah 5781, and a whole bunch of other things that are uh, interesting to note as we begin the high holiday season during this challenging year. Rabbi Dr. Kenneth Brander, recent guest on JMNAM on JM Rewind here at the Nachum Siegel Network. Well, our wonderful friend Rabbi Kenny Brander is with us live via telephone. He, of course, is the president of Artura Stone. He's the Rosh Hashiva at Artura Stone in Israel. The work they're doing is amazing, and you can imagine he is one of many leaders in our community who is paying special attention to what's happening next Shabbat, meaning preparing for the high holidays with all the uncertainty and restrictions. And for those of us here in the New York area, we know what our restrictions are, and everyone's preparing accordingly and our leaders are trying to do the smartest thing possible with the COVID-19 situation. In Israel, in a lot of cases, it's uh, even more difficult to navigate all this, and there's a lot of uncertainty, literally, that's still going on a week before Yontif. So the, um, the leaders in Israel have, uh, in, in some ways, have an even tougher situation as we get closer and closer to the brand new year. Rabbi Brander, a pleasure to welcome you back to JM in the AM.
2: Thank you, Nahum. and uh, may I just wish you and the Wallach family a very special mazel tov. I uh, can't think of two families more appropriate to unite together as one.
0: Much appreciated, very, very much appreciated. And yes, we've, we've, gotten, the, we've gotten even closer over the last couple of weeks, and Baruch Hashem, you're 100% Baruch right. Hashem. Our families, thank God. Um, have been uh, have been through this process uh, almost flawlessly, and uh, Baruch Hashem, it's been a tremendous bracha, and now that Sheva Brachas has come to an end as of last night, we wish a mazel tov to Lizzie and Yosef, and they should continue to have an amazing life together. Uh, Rabbi Brander, yeah. y- you know, I mean, it's no secret, you know that our poskim, our halachic decisors on this side of the ocean, and our rabbis and leaders have been spending a lot of time thinking about what the high holidays should be and how people should be acting uh, for the upcoming Yontif because, obviously, we try to take all the restrictions and safeguards as responsibly as possible, and at the same time, we want to be in shul. We want to be, you know, and have as close to a normal service as possible. Uh, the impression we get on this side of the world is that your job over there is even tougher because it seems that there's more uncertainty and, unfortunately, a big spike in israel and i don't think anybody really knows And you'll correct me if i'm wrong i don't think anybody really knows until almost the last minute what the government might or might not say about what's going to be happening next weekend next shabbat on rosh hashanah is that an accurate portrayal
2: yes i think it's an accurate portrayal and and what i've been trying to do uh, at least with uh one one hat that i have the privilege of wearing and that is, we have, uh, as you know, 277 shlichim wow. you know, emissaries, rabbinic couples all over the world. And several months ago, uh, incorporation and, and, and benefiting from the sock of so many great gedolim, both uh, you know, in Israel and outside of Israel, personalities like Rav Asher Weiss and Rav Herschel Shechter Shlita, um, we put together a few months ago's protocols Uh, both what I would call experiential and programmatic protocols for Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, and Sukkot for all our 277 shlichim, as well as halachic protocols, from how to blow the shofar to the fact, well, if you can only have a halachic service for two and a half hours, what are the priorities? If you can only have a halachic service for an hour and a half, if you only have one chazan, and because you can only have a certain amount of people uh, in the location together, both inside or outside, and the Chazan needs to lead five services in Rosh Hashanah. How early can he start? Uh, what parts can he repeat? And uh, all different permutations. Wow. And uh, we put together the materials months ago, and then last week we released a Magzer which is a condensed Magzer. Based again on post skim as well as what the Army, what, what our students in the Army need to do when they are also on the front lines, which we have 550 as you and I speak right now. Um, and we put together uh, a magzer like that, which has gone, you know, we haven't published it or anything like that because it's, please God, only for this year. We put it online and Rabbanam all over the world. Um, are are thinking about how to use it. We we've heard from shuls all over the world that they're they they are going to use it. Um, and it's our way of both helping the communities that we feel we have a responsibility for, particularly the two hundred and seventy seven of our students in Barron and Strauss Amiel programs, as well as all Jews that might want to look to us for, for some leadership um and i know that uh, i just got an email from a shul in riverdale saying that they're using it wow and i know multiple shuls in you know around the world in australia and south africa in europe in the united states in jerusalem that have decided to use this it's not a one size fits all people want to use it they can go onto our site ots.org.il ots.org.il and, and download it Regarding what's going on, particularly in Israel, listen, the numbers have, have spiked, thank God. The plus is that I think people are starting to take this seriously again. Wow. Um, you know, we have a child in high school, um, um, and he, he, there was one kid that had corona, then it was two or three, and therefore the whole class is now learn, learning on Zoom, but all of the children are in their own rooms in quarantine until they all get their tests back, you know, their corona tests, but that's north of 80 kids.
0: Right, And you're, um, and you're, and you're describing and then, youngsters who live in Israel. You also have a responsibility yeah. to a lot of people from abroad. Yeah, thank God
2: the, the kids abroad are, uh, thank God they're all corona-free, at least the ones in Midrash at Lindenbaum, thank God, are all corona-free. They've been in what's called capsules, and that's true for all the schools, all the schools one of the modern miracles was that, and it's thanks to a lot of special people, that all of the schools, from the most ultra-religious Zionist to the most ultra-Haredi, they all work together uh, on how to create protocols and to represent all of the foreign students coming in to the government. So whatever, wherever you are on the spectrum, whether you sing Hatikfa three times during davening, or would never allow such words to walk into your Beit Midrash. Um, Everyone worked together on this. It's mamish, uh, a messianic moment. And and those Um, and those
0: of us who wonder about whether across the board all groups are are adhering to the rules. The reality in Israel is that everyone's really being supervised in those type of settings pretty heavily. Correct?
2: Yeah. No. Listen. I, I haven't. There's. There's thousands of kids in this. I haven't checked everyone, but right. I can tell you that in our schools, you know, the police have come multiple times to right. check, and I assume we're no different than everybody else. Right. Understood. Um, our, our Israeli kids, for example, and we have uh, close to 5,000 of those, The thank God in most of the schools, we've been corona-free, but the Israeli women in one of the midrash at Lindenbaum schools—we have three midrash at Lindenbaum schools well, the rule is that the, the Israelis can be in what's called capsules in groups of fifty. We actually uh, were stricter than the government. We put them in groups of only twenty-five,
1: mm-hmm.
2: and in a few different capsules last week, a few kids weren't feeling well. I mean, they're all doing fine, but they weren't feeling well, so we made them all get we made them get corona tests. Two or three of the uh, young women felt uh, not well. The Israelis, and we sent. 150 of those students. The whole the whole Israeli school system of that of that of that particular branch, the Jerusalem branch, we sent them all home, and we just continued uh, to teach online. They have full classes from eight o'clock in the morning till eight nine o'clock at night on Zoom. Because first of all, we don't want them to lose Rosh Hashanah, right. and second of all, we didn't want because we're new at this and. Mm-hmm. We've gotten tremendous compliments from uh, Ms. Radha Priyut, from the Health Ministry for being uh, way more aggressive than they require. But I think everybody is pretty much taking this a little bit more seriously. And please, God, uh, uh, the numbers will start to go down.
0: Dr. Kenny Branders with us, our Torah Stone president in Russia, Shiva, speaking to us from our Torah Stone in Israel. All right, there are a couple, and we'll get to chauffeur in the Park and some of the other. Initiatives specifically for this Rosh Hashanah, but I, let me let me ask you this. I mean, I'm sure others are curious who are listening, not just me. When you say abridged Mahser, could you give me a good example from the abridged ma'aser of what was, in fact, abridged? bridge? Like, could you give us an example of what was done or eliminated or suggested that would give us an idea of the direction you went with in terms of the abridged ma'aser?
2: So, for example, Rabbi Saloveyich never uh, really said many piyutim in the Musaf. He only had one, so we kept in the one that he always said, plus one more. Uh, un, Unasanatokas.
0: What was, so the, what, was the other, the, what, what was
2: the ma- one he always said? Ocheis um, mishpat.
0: That's wow. the one he always said. Interesting. Uh,
2: you know, the levavchol mamimim one, right? Uh, V'chol Aminim. So you know, based on also the fact that Reb Sheftner wrote that you could take out those other piyutim, right? So we took out we took out those other piyutim. We kept in Unasanatokas, uh, ph- v- not. Right. Wet- because there's a halachic requirement, uh, but unassana is Unasanitokef. tokef. Right. Um, but we put unassana and that piyut of ochez b'yad but in a, a shaded color because it's not halachic we required that one do it. So right. depending on where you are, you decide whether you want to do it or not. Uh, there, are, there aren't long mishabayrachs for the people who get aliyahs. It's like mishabayrach, you know, it's the it's it's the mishaberach that you say on Simchas Torah. Wow! That, you know, because mishaberach can take fifteen twenty minutes. That's for sure. Um, so instead of mishaberach taking fifteen twenty minutes, this mishaberach says, you know, yivarech Avot banim. Call it a day, and God knows who we're talking about here. We don't need to make this longer. In certain places, in certain communities, they won't be able to say a complete repetition of both the shachris. The shachris and Musaf Amidah, because they can't have such a long service. Right. So we we, we show them how halachically it is permitted to have a in bishasa chak when there's a serious serious issue of too much um, issues of people being coro- uh, you know people having corona and it being hot outside like there's some communities that's you, you it's seventy four degrees by you. But you know, it's going to be. In the it, 90s it, it, it was a hundred right? degrees last right. Shabbos in in Yerushalayim. It's the mid
0: nineties so, right now where you are, right?
2: Yeah, right. Yeah, but the, my point is, and Yerushalayim is cooler than right. other areas. Right. Um, so you know, it, so we did so we did things of that nature. Um, so you cut out you cut out piyutim, you cut out forty five minutes of davening. So piyutim, but there's a difference between cu- cutting out piyutim. Which we don't want to cut out because it represents the taste, the tapestry, right. the color, the uniqueness, of, the uniqueness
0: of, of, of the High Holidays,
2: uniqueness. Right? right, but there are pieces of the chagim that you must say the the right. whole the whole daven, the whole real shemone esrei, for lack of a better term, right. the the guts of the shemone esrei that we didn't that we didn't take avinu malkeinu doesn't need to be said as a community. It can be said at home after Davani. Right. The shamori can be said after Davani. Right. You know, so those pieces we put in i a you know, in a shaded thing, depending on what your time constraints are based on the medical and halachic guidance that you have been given. Um so things of that nature, the intros to Tia Shofer. Tia Shofer is critical. It's the it's the heart. It's the it's the obligation of the day. But, but saying saying the right. seven times right. is not a uh, requirement of the day. It's mis- it's mentioned, sechet Sofrim that it should be said on Rosh Hashanah. It doesn't say seven times, right. um, and it's a beautiful and important prayer. But if it needs to be not said because we're concerned about the most important thing, v'chaibahem, we have to live by the commandments. So, please God, next year, because of things of this nature, we will have uh, all congregants having the capacity to say it fully because they're healthy, because we were concerned about their health, which is the most important uh, guiding principle that halacha reminds us of.
0: You know, it's funny because obviously in Jewish history, things like this have happened before. In fact, Again, some of the people you mentioned in this conversation, who you're leaning on for advice, you know, have studied what happened a hundred years ago, two hundred years ago, during other epidemics and how great right. great Torah Giants Paskins. And obviously, right. obviously people are those in those the people in those positions obviously have some concern about the attitude that some people might have when you start eliminating things in Tfila. But frankly, Rabbi Brander, I believe the way our community works communally. I believe we will enthusiastically reinsert those pieces in future years. And I don't think there's a real fear that we're making these changes permanently, as some people have suggested. I think we will enthusiastically, just like those of us who had the privilege of running back to shul, have run back and have come early and stayed late. I think we as a community will enthusiastically reintroduce everything back into our service.
2: I I think that's, Nakam, I think that's a correct and important point. I just want to make it clear it's not that we sent this magzor, this Magzer over to Gedolei Torah for their approval. We called from many different sources, right. including some of the people that they mentioned. Right. But at the foot, at, at as a footer of each line of the magzor, it says, "Halachically condensed Magzer for this Rosh Hashanah only, right. uh, for five seven eight one right. only Tashen And, pay and right. also, that's why we wouldn't print it. There were there were newspapers in Israel that wanted to print this maxer and we said no, we don't want we don't want that. Right. We want to give people a link if they want to use it, but all of a sudden, you know, next year when somebody says, you know, hey listen, you know, I I just want a you know a shortcut. That's right. not the goal of this. The goal of this is to save lives. Let me That's uh, the only goal.
0: let me give the address one more time. It's a wonderful service for the community uh brought to you by Artura Stone. It's O T S dot org dot IL slash m a c h z o r o t s dot org dot i l slash machzor check it out you'll be glad you did now you mentioned to Kia's chauffeur obviously we're concerned about it this year it, it's one day it's Sunday it's the second day of Yom Tov that we would uh, that we will be p- please God blowing the chauffeur now there is a concept or an initiative uh, called chauffeur in the park I think we've had a similar thing on this side of the world what happens in Israel under your Leadership uh with the chauffeur in the park uh, situation a program
2: that we have in which we interact with close to four hundred thousand uh Israelis of the general population over the course of a year through the Matnasim, the Jewish community centers is about creating a chauffeur blowing in the parks this year. we will be in two hundred and fifty locations. Mm-hmm. We work with uh Sohar uh because we need to find multiple chauffeur blowers, uh-huh. obviously. Uh, and we, we expect, uh, especially this year, the, normally we hit we, we're around 40,000 people that come to the parks for chauffeur blowing. We're going to have multiple chauffeur blowings throughout in the park because we can only have a certain amount in each uh, set of uh, chauffeur blasts because of the uh, Han Chayot, the protocols from the uh, Ministry of Health. Right. But we want it to be a spiritual happening, with songs and blessings for the children. We want there to be, there will be many who will be afraid to go to synagogues. And right. therefore, the shofar of a park experience is not just to fulfill the biblical mandate of blowing the shofar, it's really to create a spiritual happening with songs, blessings, and it's a Jewish happening, so there'll be candy for the children um you know, for all the you know, for the population. The population is searching for this. And we're gonna do that also for Yom Kippur. We've created a family driven Magzer. We are going to have uh you know uh holiday experiences in the parks um using the parks um as a safe place for people to gather in a distant fashion that allows people who are desperately looking for the spiritual touch of the Chagim to be able to connect with them.
0: You know, I've said similar statements um, in the past about a topic like this, especially as I remember my father's analysis of the relationship between Orthodox and non-Orthodox Jews in Israel. Uh, People don't realize, and I know that this is a general statement and there are exceptions, so I, I get that, But a lot of people don't realize that 100 years ago in Palestine, 80 years ago in Palestine, 60 years ago in Israel, this would not have been happening. There was so much resentment, unfortunately, generally speaking, between the communities. Uh, Again, we think today there is, and there are issues obviously between the communities, but thank God, thank God, programs like this can now be led by an orthodox institution and, and people in the hundreds of thousands will enthusiastically attend searching for that spirit of the holiday that you described. And I think it's such a significant thing to keep in mind that we are, thank God, people don't realize, because we sometimes emphasize the divisions, we are so much more united now, especially in the Holy Land. And the fact that this program in 2020 can take place and you could attract people from north, south, east to west to come to all those locations and, and feel part of the holiday is just remarkable.
2: Well, your father produced children. Your father, a blessed memory, produced children who understood his vision. And I think that vision is clearly, clearly um, ensconced in what we're doing. It's done without what we call kfiyah, without type of missionizing or hadata or right. some type of. Um, you know, Nahum, I've become a-lingual. My Hebrew isn't perfect, and I'm losing my English. So I've, I'm now in an a-lingual state in my aliyah Are you thinking
0: in Hebrew, or are you thinking in English still? I'm thinking in
2: Hebrew. I'm thinking in Hebrew, oh, so I have wow. to you know I use these words, and I say, oh, what does it mean in English? I'm speaking to Nahum. You know, it's not any form of missionizing or anything else like that. The goal is not to make them orthodox, but it's to give them an opening, because I think you're right, Nahum. you know, you have Kabbalat Shabbat services. You can have them, whether it's in uh, First Station, Tachanah Rishanah Jerusalem, or on the pier in Tel Aviv. And you can have, like, hundreds of people come and simply and simply want to connect. You can have a Tanakh study group, uh, 929 or other places, where people just want want to learn. Yeah. Um, there are batay midrashot that are opening up for secular, for lack of a better term, or Jews who are not formally engaged with all the practices. Um, but there is, there is an interest now. And we have to figure out a way to um, feed that interest without uh, coming off um, in a missionizing fashion, and that's the uh-huh. difference between outreach in Israel and outreach in America, because outreach in Israel has the background that you mentioned, and therefore you have to be sensitive to that, whereas outreach in America never had that background, and therefore you can be even perhaps even a little bit more overtly. Uh, I don't want to say aggressive,
0: you know, but, uh, but we yeah, can, right Whatever. A l- a l- Everyone
2: can fill in their own word.
0: Um, I have so much to speak to you on this topic. I will save it till we please God or face-to-face okay. in the Holy Land that we get an opportunity to do All this. Right. I don't know when that's going to happen, right, but I hope in 5781 we really are reunited on the air yes. in Israel. I hope. I or, Nachum,
2: you know, we've had a, you know, since the last time I've uh, had the privilege of being in your studios, we've had a a grandson in Israel and wow. a granddaughter in America, and oh. I haven't hugged the granddaughter in America yet, so oh. when I can come, oh. I'm going to be coming to uh, Connecticut. <laughs> yes, um, that'll be your first so, stop. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll be
0: we'll be your second stop. That'll you, be your first be stop. You'll be your second stop.
2: <laughs> uh, but, uh, but that will be my first stop. What so is, you uh, know, please, you know, guys will connect either in Israel or in
0: you know before before we end this conversation and i know you have to go but l- just give me a minute on on what you're thinking as you hear this news of how many jews in north america are now applying to move to Israel it it must be I mean I'm sure there's a a a little bit of disbelief you know all of us didn't realize that that there would be this type of explosion in the interest in Aliyah but how do you feel how do you feel now you know a year or two after you made the move and knowing what you know how North American Jews think you know you know what we're ensconced in in and that how our lives are what do you think as you hear about these record numbers
2: you know I'm I'm um, it really depends on the moment so Think if you asked me this at a different time, I might give a different answer. But I'm actually somewhere in between. On the one hand, listen, I grew up in, a, in North America. Um, I'm not. I'm not the type of person who believes in missionizing people to make Aliyah. I'm not going to say, you know, you should come because we'll leave the. I do say sometimes to my siblings, we'll leave the light on for you. You know, when there's an issue. But right. the bottom line is, I think. I think we have to make sure that there's a rich uh jewish experience in north america and obviously the center of the jewish world is medina israel so any family that wants to come to israel should come should understand that it's not a walk in the park but the the long-term benefits for your children are, are amazing um but also I'm so privileged to have friends like you and others who are truly leaders of the Jewish community, formal and experiential leaders, and they make a major difference, and they should be—their um, their portion in the world to come is, in my opinion, uh, despite the Gemara Ketubot and others, because there are other Gemaras, right. I think their 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 place in the world to come is guaranteed also. So I think that we need to have a strong North American jury, and I think that's the way the M- Minister of the Diaspora Affairs and others looks at it. And I think we also have to have, you know, to strengthen and grow the Jewish population in Israel. Growing the Jewish population in the north and the Golan and the Galil, solves a lot of dem- demographic issues. Growing the Jewish population in in uh, Be'er she- in you know, in Beersheba or in the south, you know solves a lot of demographic issues. Jews are needed in both places. You have to decide you know, where you, f- you feel you're going to live a more inspired life, mm. but we have to live inspired lives, and that's what the shofar is all about. It's reminding us to break the barriers, not just between God and ourselves, but to break the barriers between our true essence and sometimes the the routine that we find ourselves in
0: love that please
2: god we'll we'll find that place
0: love that perspective very much appreciate that but one thing you can say is you know the feeling of exhilaration that you're that 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 that, it's
2: unbelievable i don't i don't want to listen you've walked down the street nothing i i I live a 40-minute walk from harabayat wow i live a 40-minute walk from harabayat from my From my porch, I can see the walls of the old city. From my porch, I can see the walls of the old city. That never gets old. That just doesn't get old. The Tfilot are, are the Tfilot and the prophecies of the Tfilot, especially of the Haftorot of the past seven weeks. um, they, They are part of my daily life. They're no longer esoteric, ethereal concepts. I meet people looking to connect to Judaism. I meet non-Jews recognizing the the centrality of Judaism. I I see the streets of Jerusalem being filled, even in the times of Corona. I see what the prophets speak about happening, the dried bones. I see them rising in front of my eyes. It never gets old. But I don't think we do anybody a service by guilting people coming here. I think people should come here because
0: it's just the place for Jews to live. You have inspired us, right, Brander? Uh, the abridged Machzor, everybody. OTS.org.il slash Machzor. OTS.org.il slash Machzor. I'm repeating it because on our app, a bunch of people are asking us exactly how to access it. I take this opportunity, right, Brander, to wish you a very happy Healthy 5781, Shana Tava Umetuka. And yes, let us please reunite soon, hopefully in the Holy Land during the year, Tavshin Pealev. Amen. Siva V'khzima to you and to all of your listeners. Tadar <inaudible> Rabbi Kenneth Brander, Rosh or Torah Stone, unbelievable conversation. How inspiring. Ten minutes after eight o'clock, it's JM in the AM. That was my conversation with Rabbi Dr. Kenny Brander. Andrew Gallitzer was a recent guest on JM in the AM. He has Parsha Comics that he draws. And in general, he spoke to us about what he's been doing during COVID-19 regarding art classes in our community. Andrew Gallitzer, recent guest on JM in the AM. Here he is on JM Rewind on the Nahum Siegel Network. Wednesday morning, it's JM in the AM. Well, a couple of months ago, we were introduced uh, to a young man who's down in Florida, uh, named Andrew Gallic- Gallitzer, Andrew Gallitzer. Uh, he is uh, listed as an artist and graphic designer. Uh, when we were uh, first introduced to him, he was described as a 19-year-old artist who makes weekly parsha comics that are distributed distributed to synagogues around America and around the world. Um, eventually, it says here, with the hopes of publishing a comic book. He also teaches drawing classes over Zoom over the last five months for shuls, Camp schools, and more. He offers a weekly Jewish-themed art class for people to join. And he's with us live via telephone. Andrew Gallitzer, welcome to JM in the AM. Hi, thank you so much for having me. A pleasure. When did you – and by the way, we've seen your work because we went to your website. Uh, the logos that you created and some of the things you've done with the Parsha are really, really cool – uh, when did you first realize that you had a unique talent when it came to drawing cartoons, and I guess drawing in general?
3: Great question. A lot of people always ask me, like, how did you start out? And uh, I have just always loved drawing, like from whatever it was, like always in school. And uh, I just really loved comics especially because just with a few simple lines, uh, as I say in my classes, and just a few, like, just an eyes and some eyebrows – You can have so much emotion in just a simple drawing. Uh, As for the Parsha comics, it's actually a really funny story. Um, In fifth or sixth grade, my rabbi, um, he said I could only draw during class if it related to what we were learning. Nice! And I was like, okay, I mean, I want to draw during class, and we're learning the Parsha every Friday. So I started making weekly Parsha comics in sixth grade, just hand-drawing them. And from there, I continued to do it every single year, improving my style, improving the jokes as uh, I matured. <laughs> and uh, I actually got to meet with uh, Dry Bones, oh, uh, the creator God. of Dry Bones Comics, and he showed me how to use Photoshop to make professional comics. So now I make comics professionally uh, using Photoshop, just as all the uh, comic artists do.
0: That's Kirschen, so, right? Yeah,
3: yeah, Yaakov Kirschen.
0: Now... I, I, I'm just curious, was this a cold call where you just said, you know, I'm a young guy and I'd love to learn from you? How did that work?
3: I was actually in Israel, and uh, through some connections, uh, he, he met with me and showed me how he does it. It was a really incredible experience, and I went from hand-drawing my comics and coloring it in with a colored pencil to hand-drawing the comics and scanning it into my computer and then coloring it in. And now I actually do it all using like a kind of like an Apple Pencil. Uh, to do it all hand drawn uh, using a computer you know, uh, at the same time. You know
0: it's funny because when I first saw your work, I'm a big, big dry bones fan as most people my age who were you know, always involved in the Jewish community are. And, and you know one, you know those of us who don't know how to draw look at his drawings and say, "Wow, pretty simple." And when I saw yours, it reminded me of his work. So I guess you're sort of in the same category in terms of the way you graphically portray something. Would that be accurate?
3: Yeah, you can definitely say that. I mean, as I say, a lot of times there are a ton of different artistic styles, and anyone can draw, even in the simplest style. Um, but the key is like just the emotions and uh, just relaying the emotions in the drawing. So uh, both of our cartoon styles are kind of a, a simplistic style where it's not too realistic. Uh, rather, you could focus on the story instead of the, a detailed drawing.
0: I like the fact that, it, to me, it seems that, you're not really paying attention to detail, and yet there's so much detail in it. Like, it doesn't seem to to the reader that there's a lot of detail there because it looks simple. Yet, if you really examine it, you see a lot of detail there. Andrew Gallitzer is with us. And by the way, when you say, talk about the jokes, and obviously when it comes to Parsha, you know, Uh, I'm sure plenty of people, uh, you know, accuse the dads out there of having really corny jokes when it comes to the parsha in general. Uh, But but it it doesn't look like you're going for that rolling on the floor laughter. It looks like you're going for the puns. It looks like you're going for you know the the cute again. Not to compare you to him, but it's not a bad comparison, frankly, for a young kid. (laughs) But but you know he does that as well. You know, very subtle. You know, you know. it it, it it gets it gets a little bit of a smirk and a little bit of a laugh out of you, but it's not like you're you know you're you're doubled over you know uh w- w- you, with tremendous laughter if you get my point
3: yeah, you could certainly say that it's uh, i'm actually most of my classes during uh while i'm drawing or like during some time where everyone's drawing on their own like in between instruction I, I have to fill this, the um the space with some Talking so I always make jokes and most of my jokes are dad jokes. I actually am a big fan of dad jokes, um, so I'm known as like the punny guy or the one that always cracking like those terrible jokes that everyone rolls their eyes at.
0: And funny, uh, so, and, yeah,
3: that's definitely reflected in the comics.
0: And funny enough, I remember your dad fondly from about many decades ago. Frankly, <laughs> I hope I hope you take yeah. the, I hope you take the opportunity to send him best regards. The website, by the way, is andidrew.com. A-N-D, letter I, D-R-E-W.com. That's you can see Andrew Gallitzer's work. Uh, He's got some of the Bible Parsha comics up there as uh, samples. He's got information about his virtual art classes. He's got information about his drawing class and info in general about what he's doing. I mean, you know, all of us wonder who's really, you know, seen a boon to their activities because of COVID. Have you seen a tremendous amount of attention being paid to what you have to offer over the last few months?
3: I certainly have. At first, going into it, I was planning on working as an art instructor at a sleepaway camp, Ah. uh, and then that was obviously canceled. And I was a little disappointed. I thought this summer was going to be kind of a stay-home-do-nothing kind of summer, uh, which I do not enjoy. Um, And then I was talking to one of your favorite uh, listeners. Uh, He's the youth director for my shul, Avi Fryer.
0: Oh, he's the best, Avi. Of course.
3: And uh, he's a good friend of mine, and he suggested to me that I start these virtual drawing classes over Zoom. And uh, I was like, okay, I'll, I'll give it a try. I'll do it for my shul. And I did it for uh, Yom Ha'atzmut. And I was shocked that uh, somehow other shuls from across the New York area and across the U.S., including uh, California, uh, also requested drawing classes from me for mm. Yom Ha'atzmut. And on that one day, my first day giving drawing classes, I taught over, I think, Two hundred kids from across America how to draw the coattail, and I was completely overwhelmed.
0: Unbelievable! Uh, by the, very cool. Yeah,
3: and then I was even more like shocked. Uh, I continued to do drawing classes over the summer, including for summer camps and private classes, and schools and schools, etc. And then for Tishabov, I figured as a thank you, I would do a free Tishabov drawing class for um, like all my students, and extend it to anyone that wanted to join expecting to get around two hundred people. And then I was completely shocked to see that one thousand and three hundred people signed up for the class. Wow. And on Tish above I taught so many people over Zoom how to draw the beta McDash and made it even to like a little bit of a Dvar Torah for the kids. Uh and then I posted it to YouTube of course. So now uh everyone can see it. And uh I was so just excited by that. And um, I'm continuing to do, like you said, uh, the drawing classes for people across the world, um, teaching English in some cases. I did one for Panama where uh, the kids spoke Spanish and were learning English in school, and uh, they just listened to me speak English as I did the drawing class, and through that, they actually learned some English uh, just from listening to it and trying to understand it while drawing.
0: Amazing. Uh, so it's really been
3: an incredible experience.
0: Amazing. I love your mission. Really cool. By the way, it says here... That, yeah, that you actually have comics that explain Gemara Bubba Kama called Bubba Comics. <laughs> that's online, <Yes>. that's online <laughs> on the website? Uh,
3: that is on, it's linked on the website. Uh, that was uh, actually a project with uh, my <laughs> rabbi last year. Uh, for In the Bubba Kama, as you know, they have cases and different cases of uh, accidental, um, purposeful, and different damages. And sometimes it could be a little complicated of, like, when these cases would actually exist. Right. Uh, So my friend and I, Josh Burnton, who's also a graphic designer, uh, we made comics with cases. And then uh, after the case, we gave a detailed explanation of, like, the different um, rabbis and what the opinions would be on, like, who would be responsible for damages. Um, So that's been also a great experience no.
0: Whichever rabbi told you you could draw as much as you want in class as long as it has to do with the Parsha should be given the teacher teacher of the decade award as far as I'm concerned. Uh, where'd you go to high school by the way?
3: I went to it was formerly called Weinbaum Yeshiva High School. Yeah, we know one, uh, yeah. Now it's called Katz Yeshiva High School sure. and I uh, actually just graduated uh, this past year class of 2020 nice. and now I'm actually studying in Yeshiva at Yeshiva Eretz Satsvi.
0: You're in Israel right now?
3: I am in Israel right now. Oh, I
0: didn't realize that. Wow. thought you were calling us from Florida. Um, very cool. Very nice. Really amazing. And are you able, while you're in yeshiva, to continue some of this or not?
3: Yeah, so thankfully I've been able to continue making the comics, and I'm starting to uh, distribute them in Israel as well, translating them into Hebrew. Uh, wow. I'm also starting to—I'm continuing to do my drawing classes uh, at least once a week for people to join every Sunday. And just to make sure everyone can join, uh, because I'm only doing once a week, i opened it to all shuls. And, um, and this week we're actually doing a Rosh Hashanah class, uh, which is very exciting. Of all, uh, so hopefully,
0: of all the fifty what? of all the fifty plus parshios, the most difficult one to come up with a comic for would be um, most <laughs> likely
3: Kitavo, <laughs> um, uh, but that happens to be my bar mitzvah parsha. It was just my uh, my anniversary last week
0: did you draw uh, your my, own
3: did you draw your own bar mitzvah logo i did draw my own bar mitzvah logo uh way back in seventh grade boy uh and i made a parsha comic way back in seventh grade uh
0: i, w- I, w- I wish i would have sent it out i, wish, bar I, I wish i would have met you before all the bar mitzvahs i made because uh, some, of the, <laughs> some of the stuff you have online is really cool looking oh by the way avi fryer texted me he says i got to ask Andrew if he can make artists out of uh, Nahum Siegel and the NSN crew up here. Is that something that you could do? Could you turn people like myself who cannot possibly draw anything, barely a straight line, into what, what Avi calls an artist?
3: 100%. I have taught classes to people that always say, oh, I can't draw, I can't draw. It's only for people that are talented. And art isn't so much of, as a talent. It's more of like a, a skill that you just need to learn. And with learning techniques and practice really anyone can be, uh, can be an artist. Wow. Uh, so for all the kids in my classes, it's obviously great to start early. Um, when you're a kid and just starting to learn the techniques, then you're uh, we'll doodling actually just practicing those. And for adults, I actually taught many adult classes. Uh, my favorite one was actually drawing the Co-tell, um with adults, and they came out phenomenal. Like, uh, these adults came into the class not knowing anything. And uh, they shared their drawings with me after the class once they uh, finished shading it in further, even past the uh, uh, only 45-minute class. And they are just incredible. So anyone could be turned into an artist, and I would love to teach you and your staff uh, how to draw. Well,
0: well, one of my kids would probably answer that with challenge accepted. I'm not so sure I'm jumping into that yet, but I appreciate the offer, that's for <laughs> sure. Um, uh, is there going to be a Parshus Nitzavim comic uh, posted somewhere or not?
3: Yeah, so... As I said before, my comics are sent out to Shul's. They're actually sent out to Shul's completely for free. Um, and just so that people can kind of get involved in the teaching Torah because it's such an important mitzvah. I do open it for sponsors. So if anyone wants to sponsor a comic, I can sponsor it. But otherwise, it's totally free for Shul's to distribute. And actually, right now, a, a magazine that was just uh, created called the uh, Anglo Times in uh, the U.K. is actually uh, publishing my comics every week. Very and hopefully, cool. as you said, I'm actively working on self-publishing a comic book. I reached out to some big publishers, but it didn't really work out. Um, well, they basically said not not right now. Uh, so I'm trying to self-publish a comic book, and hopefully, uh, all the comics will be in there, and then that will be sold uh, in bookstores.
0: I, I may have a suggestion for you on that. Email me later today if you don't mind, Andrew Gallitzer. I am very, very impressed with your mission. Information about all of this, folks, from Bar Mitzvah logos to Bible Parsha comics to virtual art classes and everything else we discussed this morning. Check out Andrew Gallitzer, who, again, has an amazing mission. The man must have fantastic parents, I'll tell you that much. Andidrew.com. A-N-D, the letter I-D-R-E-W.com. Andrew, our best in the holy land. We haven't been there in nine months, which is a long stretch for us because it is current situation so take advantage and let all your colleagues there know how lucky they are to be in israel
3: thank you i will thank you so much
0: andrew gallitzer check out the website a-n-d-i drew.com check it out really cool more coming up it is a uh, what is today a wednesday morning edition of jm and the a.m as we continue that was my conversation with Andrew Gallitzer. Thank you so much for listening to JM Rewind. Plenty more coming up. Keep it here at the Nachum Siegel Network.